As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Quick, quick, quick. Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan here. It comes with dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Welcome back to Switch FM. Chris Medelkin, Ben Craw, Brandon Lizzie, a.k.a. Whammy, here to discuss the Eastern and Western A.k.a. Conference the Diva. The <laughs> the diva, the dad. We daddy call him diva. the diva, daddy diva, diva daddy. Oh yeah. Um, guys, there's uh, a lot to discuss today. Uh, what we do, I think, on the podcast is kind of just like fun goofs. Sure. Um, and I promise we're definitely going to talk basketball. This is not going to be some, uh, you know, soapboxy uh, podcast episode here. But I think we be sort of remiss if we didn't mention at the top of the show what's happening down in Texas. Uh, 19 kids, two teachers were shot and killed on Tuesday at an elementary school uh, that on the heels of a mass shooting in Buffalo, an 18-year-old kid shot 10 people, all of whom are black, in a racially motivated attack in a supermarket. So obviously there's a lot happening in the world. There's always a lot happening in the world. But I guess my my uh my thought is you know you guys are both parents and you know you're friends of mine and i care about you guys so i i'm just kind of curious what again without getting like soapboxy or political or whatever like i just want to know how you guys are doing and feeling and what the last few days have been like for you as people that i talk to every week yeah i mean all of these things are are gigantic tragedies and um you a hundred percent wish that they did not happen. And then with the fact that, you know, like you were saying, Ben and I are parents, when I think about it, you know, this is the first, maybe not the first, but this is a time when I'm realizing every day I'm dropping my daughter off at school and every day she's getting, I'll try not to get upset, but every day she's getting, you know, awards at her school or, you know, the, those pictures of the victims look like my kids and could be my kids. And school is supposed to be safe. School is supposed to be a place where children can play around with friends and and have fun. And my kids, the overwhelming thought is, is that my kids would not understand what was happening um, if this happened to them. They wouldn't understand it. And it would be so foreign and so... Um, non-discernible to them because they wouldn't understand they don't understand evil they don't understand hatred they don't understand violence and um it's terrible to think about that that's what how it's bad to think about it yeah but i'm doing you know it didn't happen yeah it didn't happen to me and i feel terrible for the people who are the victims and i think i wish it never happened yeah that's not, ben, it's not terribly insightful, but... 
No, it is. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Hey, yeah, doing? man. Um, you know, there's nothing insightful or productive or useful that you can say. And it's, um, yeah, there's just like literally like nothing that, that makes you like feel better about anything, uh, seemingly ever. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Wham and I and you, Chris, like, you know, in our text thread last night, we were talking about how being a dad is like being any parent, you know, is, is mostly just like a series of like, <laughs> either, you know, you're just like getting emotionally like crushed, uh, like on your best days and then like more crushed on like worst days. Um, because like, that's what like having a kid is, is just like basically like every waking moment, like imagining their like demise right. and then suppressing that and like, uh, processing it and like, you know, um, not like the thing I think about, I think, uh, the most is just, uh, at what age, like my son will even like have to like understand this, you know, when, when you were talking about like my kids wouldn't like be able to, uh, you know, understand like what was happening because they don't know like that this no. is even like a thing that can happen or that does happen. No. And I'm just like, what? How? Like, uh, how long can I like just protect my child? Obviously, like from the thing itself, but even from like understanding that this is a reality, that this is like a just a thing that we deal with in in America. Um, uh, does you, your Does your son know that like something bad happened the other day? No, fuck no. We haven't we wouldn't even i mean he's five years old um yeah we certainly like don't you know every now and then we say like oh you know we got a new president you know like we'll tell him but we don't uh, um and i'm just like as a parent you try to figure out like how long can i just shield my right uh child from uh, having to um have these thoughts even uh and to like like because like once you do like that's like that's the the definition of like your loss of innocence and like the loss of your childhood like i i I went through my i was so lucky that i went through my entire childhood without ever really thinking about this once until columbine happened when we were in high school um and we thought that it would never happen again that was the craziest fucking thing that had ever happened that had never happened i mean obviously there had been like shootings and there was like the whole like postal uh worker thing in like the early 90s and like that was a jay leno joke yeah it was a seinfeld joke and a jay leno joke totally and it was never it just wasn't part of the american experience and now it is seemingly for the rest of time um and i'm just trying to like figure out how much i can just like or how long i can go before my son uh realizes that that's how things work in this country um and that sucks and that's also like the absolute best case scenario (laughs) as a parent in america um because obviously yeah it can be so so much worse um if it does happen to you, I mean, I, I, I've like had a, you know, like pretty tough time, um, processing it all. And it, I feel like I didn't, um, weirdly, even though this is like, uh, 
like when Sandy Hook happened in 2012, I took it a lot harder, which is weird because I wasn't even close to being a parent at that point. Um, but that one really like kind of, that's like sort of when I broke and like just kind of lost, uh, sensation for these things. And, uh, that's a shitty feeling in itself. Cause it does feel like you lose a little bit of your soul when you like just stop feeling stuff, uh, <laughs> when bad things happen. But at the same time, like, I don't understand what else you're supposed to do other than kind of like shut it out. Uh, Cause if you try to react and let this stuff um, affect you when it happens, then like we would just be vegetables cause it just happens all the fucking time. And um, I don't know. I'll be volunteering, you know, like that's yeah. how I yeah. have dealt with this stuff. Yeah. There, there is, there is yeah. stuff to do. Um, yeah. It's, I, it's I, frust- I think, I think what's frustrating is that, you 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 work and do stuff and you want to work you know you keep we all keep working and doing stuff volunteering and voting for different people and it just seems like these things actually are not only decreasing they're happening like at an exponential rate yeah it's really frustrating and i agree ben i mean uh, sandy hook when sandy hook happened for some reason i don't i don't know why that one was so personal to me i grew up on long island too i don't know if you guys remember the mass shooting that happened on the Long Island Railroad, that was like extremely personal to me. Uh, there was a victim on the train who lived down the street from me. And uh, for some reason, the Sandy Hook felt like the line in the sand where I was like, okay, all these children being shot up like this, this is where it, this is where it ch- changes it's stop. for America. Yeah, yeah exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't the event itself. It was the aftermath of the event and the fact that nothing changed. That's really when I was just like, I give up. Like, I'm just not, I can't, like, I, I I don't give up. Like, obviously, like, I can't, you can't ever give up. But that's when I was like, boy, I really don't know if this country is gonna make it. <laughs> like, yeah. Because uh, if that's not gonna, yeah, if that wasn't gonna change things, then like, then it literally just felt like, oh, I guess we're all okay with this. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, but like, everybody's, like, but most people are not okay with it. No, and I agree. There's very like, stupid institutional reasons why it keeps happening. And I would say that, you know, most people are not okay with it. And they, to the point where they do want laws change, they do want societal change and there's money and, uh, tightly knit interests that keep it happening. And, yeah. You know, that's what I'll be doing is Trying doing more, yeah, change. doing more work to change those things. And it's too late. <laughs> Wait, it's 20 years too late. But I mean, when you said Columbine, we thought that that would never happen again. Yeah, it was the wildest thing that had ever happened. We were like, oh, my our, God, this can't happen. This is America. We love each other. We're brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, these yeah. these kids are the outlier. This will never happen again. And boy, yeah, it felt like an isolated incident where it was almost like, wow, they'll write about this in the history books because just like, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing, like this is just one of those rare tragedies where no one could have seen it coming. So we'll just have to write about it and like learn from it. But like in the when case you're of on Columbine shootings, seven, just- yeah, it's time to make a change. Yeah. And like I said, I'll be 
the thing that I will do is volunteer and work to make that change. And, you know, I, I hope we ban assault weapons. I hope we do everything that we can do to prevent 4,000 kids a year from dying from firearms in America. And that's not cool with me. And, um, it's, I don't think it's political to say that you don't want that to happen. Yeah. Well, we'll, um, why don't we leave it there? Cause like I said, I don't, I don't want this to get too heavy, but I really appreciate you guys, uh, sharing like that. And I, uh, I thought it was important just that we sort of address the elephant in the room because obviously like what we do on this podcast is so silly and stupid. We obviously just offer distraction from <laughs> literally we do this realities. podcast to get away from the darkness. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. as most as listeners should know by now, this is, not a basketball podcast. This is a therapy session um, yes. for us. But I think it's, it's also important to just to be like, hey, we're going to goof around, but like we all have heavy hearts too. Like we're, yeah, we're, all, sure. we're really going through it. Um, you guys have kids like th- this is this is not an easy one today, but uh, we're going to do it because I think it's important that we uh, try to find something to have a laugh about. So on that note, before we delve into the, uh, the dribbles, the dunks, the assists, assists, this is a good uh, note. This is a good change. This week we got an awesome email from a listener named Kyle, who's been, uh, putting in some work. He's, Mm. uh, you know, he's getting that view count up on John Glazer and H John Benjamin's forget a buddy's comedy sketch on YouTube. And um, for those unaware, we did a draft with Whammy about 50 episodes back, Ben. Uh, was it 50? Jeez. Yeah, dude. Swish FM episode 164, where we uh, drafted our favorite lines from an early aughts comedy sketch that was performed live and filmed in New York City featuring John Glazer and Sean Benjamin. If you haven't listened, Go find the sketch. Hit pause on the podcast. Go find the sketch. Uh, it's like 20 minutes. It's in two parts. It's insane. And then listen to our podcast about it. But uh, anyways, this guy Kyle emailed us to settle a dispute that we had in the episode about a specific line. So I wanted to hash this out with you guys live on the air. So let me set the stage for you guys. You can listen to it. Maybe why don't you guys like pull up on on uh, YouTube the, uh, the Forget About His Sketch. But the, but the line in question is... Um, well, so the, the segment where we had some confusion. So the guys were introduced on stage as being from San Francisco and H John Benjamin, AKA DL says, in fact, that that's an error. They're from San Diego. And he says, quote, number one and number two, there's a big difference between San Francisco and San Diego. <laughs> San Diego's way fucking better. <laughs> now the remark um, about San Francisco sucking, uh, gets this mixed reaction from the crowd. There's a smattering of booze. So John Glazer, AKA KC, AKA Keith Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a win-win situation when your name is Keith Chris, win-win, son of baby. Keith Don. <laughs> yeah. He hears the booze and says, uh, forget about which you booze. And initially I think on the podcast, we speculated that this could be about like, the alcohol someone was drinking or something honestly reading reading that email blew my mind because i never for a moment even considered the other definition of booze i was just my head was entirely in oh this is a comedy bar there's people drinking but in fact he kc was telling the person in the audience to forget about 
booing us, like yeah, forget about right. like heckling us. The boobers. So anyways, thank you, Kyle. Kyle, incredible, incredible Kyle. work, Kyle. Thank you so much. Do your research, folks. Thanks yeah. for listening. Always got to do your own research. <laughs> yep. Thanks for uh, thanks for the correction and uh, the. In all anyways. seriousness, I listened to the entire back catalog of the show. He's he's a fan, and honestly, I love that. Also, he he was like, if you, I don't even know if you look at these emails, Kyle. Kyle. We yeah. <laughs> like you can come on the show and co-host. That's how that's how important emails are to us at this point. You email, you just email me anytime you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, we're refreshing that inbox. <laughs> Do we look at the emails, baby? We're hitting refresh on that thing. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yes, exactly. Desktop so, notifications are on. Big shout to Kyle, and Huge uh, it was Kyle. amazing to hear from you. So more people write us if you're listening yeah. to the show. Yeah, yeah. don't be afraid. FM. Don't be a stranger. What has it been? SwishFMRadio at gmail.com, right? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> should we confirm that? Let's confirm that. Yeah. We should know that one. You know, we should know that should. one, folks. It is, it is SwishFMRadio Swish FM at gmail.com. Can't gmail. confirm. Com. It'll be in the description, right? Yeah, it's in the description. All right, let's move on to the conference finals here. We'll have a quick chat. That um, was my that email was my finals. <laughs> <laughs> was my that was my Larry O'Brien trophy. Oof. Oh man! So uh, Miami and Boston, uh, Boston, the Celtics lead this series three games to two. Last night, uh, the Celtics core of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford. Um, you know they pulled it out. They're now on the brink of making the NBA Finals. They beat Miami last uh, last night, ninety three to eighty, to win Game Five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Take a three two series advantage. Um, lot to unpack here. I guess the big thing is you know Jimmy Butler's turned in you know another poor shooting performance last night. He had thirteen points and four of eighteen shooting. But Whammy, what do you see? What do you see happening here? Why why has Miami had so much trouble. It seems like maybe they're just kind of running out of gas. Well, if you listen to this podcast, you would know that I believe Miami is not a serious team. <laughs> yeah, incredibly unserious. Well, you know what I, w- I was thinking about? Um, mm-hmm. What was the last team to win an NBA championship with a guard as the best player on the team? And it was the 2015 Warriors. And it was because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the Warriors being a dynasty, but it's really the Kevin Durant Warriors that are a dynasty. That championship is fake and should have been the Cavs, et cetera, et cetera. So we won't get into that. Maybe I just wanted to bring that up. But this is what I was reacting to throughout these playoffs is these guard-led teams, and like a Phoenix, which I thought would win the NBA championship this year, guard-led teams just don't make it. I mean, really, if you're not led by a wing, if you're, a wing is not your best player, and Jimmy Butler is kind of in between wing he's and guard. He's wing-ish, but he's also a creator, yeah. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's 25-7-5, and five, or, you know, he, he's, not, he's not big enough to defend well the wings of Boston, and certainly with his knee injury, it's, it's a little bit even harder. But you just look at a, a team with a... Give me a team with a dominant wing, and I will show you who will win the NBA playoff series. Give me a dominant um, win and I'll give you a ring. Yeah, that's right. Give me a, <laughs> that's right. Except for one Luka Doncic, we'll get into later. But, but um, you know, Steph Curry's maybe the exception to this guard thing. 
But yeah. otherwise, you know, they they are they were a very good three point shooting team during the season. Not so much now, and I think that's because during the season, people don't close out. Um, and now with a team like Boston, where they're bigger, they're fast, just as fast, you know, and and they close out. These threes aren't dropping. Um, and you know, if you put Duncan Robinson out there to get more threes, you're going to have a big old Jason Tatum dunk on his head uh, after they switch it. And so it's, I just didn't think the Heat were ever, ever had a chance. I mean, Bam is great. He seems to be coming of age in these playoffs, but they need a dominant wing, just like everybody needs a dominant wing to win, and they don't have it. Yeah, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. He has a sore knee. He's shooting 10 of 35 the last three games. Uh, also, Kyle Lowry is playing through hamstring injuries. He was 0 for 6 last night with five fouls. Yeesh. Max Struess missed all nine of his shots. He's now 0 for 16, dating back to uh, game four. Miami's starting backcourt last night of Max Struess and Kyle Lowry went 0 for 15 in game five, the worst shooting performance by a starting backcourt in the postseason since the NBA started tracking starters in 1971. It's almost like they're goofing around out there. Not serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tyler Hero missed his second consecutive game with a groin strain. So, yeah, it just seems like they're running out of gas. And it's also maybe Boston's time, you know? Like, no no uh, water to the wing theory, Chris? I mean, what is your... Yeah, no, I agree with it. I agree I, I love. It. I love that, like, all of Wavy's <laughs> takes on this pod, you're like, a guard-led team cannot win, and the Golden State Warriors are They're about to win the NBA definitely championship. going to win the NBA championship. Uh, well, but they no, do I have think, Andrew think, Wiggins and Draymond and Clay, who's like a tweener. I mean, the, you know, they have, they have more than just a dominant guard. Let's say yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I think Boston... And also, why yeah, can't I don't think Boston beat the Warriors? Yeah, I, th- I think that Boston has a very good chance to beat the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I hate both teams. I wish that neither could win the NBA championship, but Boston could easily beat the Warriors. I think not easily, but what do you think? What do you guys think is up with Bam out of Bam out of bio? He had one um, awesome game, right, and that's it. I think it's yeah. Big Robert Williams. Yeah, mm. I think Big Bob is what's up with him, and I also think they, you know, Horford Williams. Um, on him, and like on him, on him. I think that I think the you you you're you're playing the game as Boston. You're thinking we got to shut down Butler, we got to shut down uh, Tyler Hero, and the actual truth is you don't. You just have to shut down Bam, and you're yeah. going to be good to go because Bam's the mismatch. Bam's the dominant player, and you know your your wings and guards can take care of Butler and Hero, and if Bam gives you too much trouble, you're in trouble. But I think I mean, they was, made a conscious decision to shut him down and, and have. Yeah, he was the best player for, my, for Miami in Game 5, Bam. I mean, uh, he, he shot 8 of 15. He had 10 rebounds, but it just seems like... He was a minus 23. When, I don't know if he was the best player. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, who else was making shots for them? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it, but it just seems like, when we were, like you were saying, when Robert Williams was defending him... He just couldn't get to the rim anymore, and Miami had to settle for jumpers and threes, and those just weren't going down. So, yeah, it, it does seem like the the problem of the Miami Heat has very simply been if we can stop Bam from getting to the rim, their perimeter shooters are all hurt or just going cold. So they're very they're they don't have many options outside of Bam playing inside. So no, no, and like you know. Ma- I think I mentioned Max Struess in our last podcast, and it's like, it, 
Max Drews, PJ Tucker, Oladipo, you know, there's a lot of players who are you just don't want getting major minutes in your playoff game. PJ Tucker yeah, yeah, yeah. is the least offensive there maybe, but Well, I think also like like it's time to maybe have a come to Jesus moment about that Kyle Lowry contract. I remember Knicks, yeah. Knicks fans were clamoring in the offseason. Oh, we just need Kyle Lowry. Just need Kyle Lowry. Wait, were they? People wanted Kyle Lowry yeah. on the Knicks? Oh, yeah. Like, there, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about, like, well, you know, remember back to, like, what last offseason Knicks fans were thinking, where they were like, we just made the playoffs. We have this great... All NBA player Julius Randle. It's time to win. We just need that one. Julius needs a running mate. If we just replace (laughs) Alfred Payton, it's time to make our run. Alfred Payton with a like a savvy veteran point guard. Yeah, we'll be the twenty seventeen or twenty nineteen Raptors. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I mean, Miami did it. You know, like Miami was stupid enough to do it. Uh, The great, you know, Pat Riley, and uh, it just seems like he is. Lowry is is old. It just seems like he's old and hurt now. He's yeah. old, but also they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, True. right? Yeah, if so, Lowry were healthy and Butler were healthy, I think this would be a very different conversation. Like, uh, I think yeah, they're they're just kind of old and dinged up and running out of gas, you know. I don't think it would be a different conversation, but I do think, you know, saying that he's bad and old is, you know, certainly he's badder and older than he was, but. You're in the NBA. You're trying to win games. They win a lot of games. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They don't have a they don't have a transformational wing player. Just like 26 of the teams don't have one. And so you get Kyle Lowry, and you see if you know maybe there's an injury or maybe you know I think you're you're there. You know, um, I'd want the Cavs to have been there you know, rather than have lost. And the Knicks. I think the Knicks make the playoff of, if. Kyle Lowry's on their team, right? Yeah, but we're not like maybe maybe they make the second round. Like that's But what do you do if you don't if you don't sign Kyle Lowry, you have the season the Knicks had. Is that better? Uh no. Uh what they should have done was tank and get a high draft pick, but they don't know. Yeah, this the only answer is the process, you know. It literally is though. Sad, sad but true. Yeah. Do you know why the Knicks have been so bad for 23 uh, years? You said that. What was the stat? That the most losses of the they decade? They the most never... losses of the 21st century and have never had higher than the number three pick. And I believe they had like a top five pick once, which was KP. So we'll start J, Star J, right? Yeah. Oh, right. That's true. He and was that three. number three pick yeah. felt like a watershed moment. That was like... Wow, we've we've really arrived, you know. <laughs> it, it also felt like, oh, we're we're getting the number three pick in a two-player draft, right? Right, right. Like that was the other, that was the other thing was it was like, oh man, we have the we have the number number three pick uh, just outside of getting a, a meaningful True. player because Zion and Ja were. But I feel like they're they're always saying that about every draft class where it's like, oh, it's a two player draft, and like you know, Paul George winds up going eighth overall, and it's like, okay, well, that actually was the best player, you know. Like, mm-hmm. there's always there's always talent that breaks. Yeah, through, you know, yeah. you know who the Knicks could have drafted? Uh, Mikhail Bridges, for example. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Um, you mean to tell me that Anthony Bennett was not a boon for the Cavs organization? <laughs> mm. 
Played for the main Red Claws. Legend. For the main I, Red honestly, Claws. when they drafted him, you watched his highlight tape, he couldn't jump. He, like, he just could not leave the ground. And I was like, what I cannot believe issue? they drafted he had like bad vision. Why? Like, how, why did he flame out with the Cavs? Well, he was traded. So the the two things. Number one, Mike Brown, who the future coach of the uh, Kings. Good luck to them. Yeah. No, Mike Brown refused to play him in the year before we got uh, LeBron back. He just didn't play him, and he was not bad when he played. And then we traded him to the Wolves, and then they didn't play him. There were conditioning issues. I think he had a back, recurring back problem, and then he flamed out of the NBA. But he, he was good when we, on the bad Cavs, he was okay. like somebody who you thought deserved more than 14 minutes a game or whatever Mike Brown gave him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so great to get in the 2016 Cavs and Mike Brown <laughs> in this podcast. And, mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Now, now we go to trash the Warriors. Back to the Celtics and Heat for a second. Is there anything about the series? Like, has the, has the series played out as you expected, or has it been surprising in any way? I'm surprised they won. I'm surprised the Heat won two games. I think I predicted a sweep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, people have been talking about how the games have been boring because there's been f- the minimal amount of lead changes possible, right? There's only been... At, through game four, there were four lead changes. Yeah, I remember that stat that Windhorse threw out there. So, does the lead sh- like does the first basket of a basketball game count as a lead change? I guess it does, right? Yeah, because it's zero zero. Because right? it's zero zero, so it's tied. And then when it's two zero, that's a lead change. So there can't mm-hmm. be zero lead changes in a game, but there can be one lead change in a game, which is what they had. Yeah, and then was Game Five uh, any le- any lead changes in Game Five or no? I'd have to. Uh, look. Not that I didn't. Not mm-hmm. that I didn't. Uh, Wait, well, you sorry. weren't. You don't. To chart clarify, lead changes, I, I watched. Right? What's, yeah. that? what's that? You don't chart lead changes, right? I don't chart lead changes because I'm too busy watching uh, the action. Yeah, so. the thing. The thing about this series for me is like it's just never felt close. I think I was maybe texting this to you guys. I, I've had such amnesia throughout watching this series. Like in my mind, Boston has thoroughly dominated the entire matchup, and yet it's only three games to two. Right. But the idea that this series was tied going into last night was completely ludicrous to me because it has never felt, felt so bad yeah. like a competitive series. But I guess I kind of forgot that Boston lost that first game, and uh, got but crushed. it just seems like yeah. yeah, really. But it just seems like Boston is clearly the better team. There, yes, it does. And there were three lead changes in Game Five, yeah, mm. possibly four if you count. They tied it one more time, so. We're talking eight lead changes in five games, baby. That's, it's must-see TV. Yeah. By the way, sorry for the hammering in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but uh, oh, no. people. Oh, that's good. Okay. Ben, sorry, guys. Ben's building a, looks like a birdhouse. In our yeah, I'm, birdhouse. yeah, I'm currently doing some woodworking while, while I podcast. Yeah. So just uh, ignore uh, the, the heavy no machinery problem. in the background. He'll get to, he'll get to uh, glazing in a minute, and you'll just mm-hmm. hear soft bristles brushing <laughs> against the back of wood. And then, and then the soft squishing of uh, wet clay through my fingers as I uh, cra- craft some pottery to uh, yeah, send you Yeah, you'll guys. be doing some adornments. Uh, but mm-hmm. Chris, yeah, it feels like Boston all the way. But yeah, how did the, how did the Heat win two games? I don't know. Game one was a game seven hangover. But right, and Butler played out of his mind. He did, and then he's right. been ouch. So, but no, I think the Heat are just the fall guy for the Eastern Conference for the next. 
you know, the Heat are going to be like, can they can they get over the top against these younger, better teams? For the next four years, they're going to be doing this and just eating it. Uh, let's head out west. Uh, let's talk about the Mavericks and the Warriors. <clears throat> so the Mavericks avoided getting swept by Golden State on Tuesday night with this epic shooting performance. They made 23-pointers. They shot 46% from deep. The series head ba- heads back to San Francisco tonight. Uh, Wham, let me start by putting you on the spot. So make a prediction for me. Does Golden State close this thing out tonight and return to the NBA Finals with a win here in Game 5? I hope not. They appear to be much, much, much better than the Mavericks. Again, I think, as discussed on this pod, um, you know, it's the Luka show. I think that game four was, or game four was for pride, and game five is for, you know, um, the wives and girlfriends and family members of the Mavericks, and they will be excited to go on vacation with them. I think, I think it's... I think that you're going to be you're packing you you did your job you won the game, yeah. and now you you tip your cap to a team that is going to just knock the snot out of you tonight and it's going to be oh boy is it going to be a tough watch. <laughs> but what do you yeah the, Ma- what do you the think? Mavs had a 29 point lead in that game four and then the uh, the Warriors whittled that down to just an eight point advantage in the fourth and you know Jason Kidd could have really been resting his players, but he was actually forced to put Luca back on the floor. Reggie Bullock and Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith were um, busting that Golden State zone, and they'd taken open threes. Um, so we'll see. The Warriors have three cracks at it to close out the series. They just need one victory to advance. I don't um, think that Dorian Finney-Smith is going to score 23 points again and shoot whatever 70% or 9 of 13 as he was. So I think we're we're looking at a good a good night to the Mavericks' wonderful season. So I guess I have the same question about this series uh, as I did about the Boston Miami one. But like, why do you guys think we're in this position with the Warriors up three one? Is it like what what's gone right for Golden State and what's gone wrong for Dallas? Well, you just got to listen to the preview pod, Chris. It's all in there. It's all it's all it's all in there. I think uh, you're. It's the like I said. It's one one v five out there for the for the Mavs. Yeah. And when Andrew Wiggins is showing out and busting the biggest dunk of the playoffs on your best player's head, uh, which was correctly called an offensive foul and then incorrectly reversed, you're gonna have trouble. So there you go. I thought it was a foul. Did you think it was a foul? The Wiggins dunk. I did see the Wiggins dunk. Um, it was a little bit of a foul. Certainly shouldn't have been reversed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty stupid to have uh, an entertainment product. Um, and I mean, listen, I know rules are rules, and referees are only there to do one job, which is to enforce the rules uh, and enforce the code. Um, but I mean, when you have a dunk like that, and it's not like an obvious like, oh, he like punched him in the face like as he was going up. Like, I think you kind of have to like let that one, like let let that amazing moment just happen and let the fans be happy and um, 
It was in. It was in. In uh, what's it? Oh my god! In Dallas, right? Uh, it was in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, so, right, obviously the fan, the fans in the arena were not happy, but uh, the fans, you know, watching the on TV general stuff, NBA and, fan. Yeah, the the immediate. I mean, I you know, uh, the immediate sentiment on Twitter was like, I can't believe who was the ref that called the charge. Um, uh, whatever his name was. Uh, they were like, wow, I can't believe he just like ruined one of the best playoff dunks of all time. I actually um, thought Kerr calling challenging it was like in everyone's best interest. Like, like I think we all just needed <laughs> sort of like a moment to process yeah. what happened. That's true. I mean, it was like, yeah. It, you got to like see all the replays. Was, yeah, yeah. It was like regardless of whether this was a foul or not, we all just need a second to like <laughs> think about what just happened. What just occurred? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm kind of happy for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I feel like he's had you know a kind of a checkered career, and uh, it was nice to see him have a nice little moment um yeah that guy's been happy for andrew wiggins they should never have reversed it he did he did hit so him you in think the face you, so yeah you, 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 you think it should have been erased from the record books well, look i mean it was a sick dunk and clearly it was a legal dunk but when they when they call the offensive foul and he does whack luka Doncic in the face on the play he does yeah. extend his arm into Luka Doncic's face. That had nothing to do with his ability to dunk or reach the basket. But, like, it was almost as if, like, while passing him, he kind of whacked him in the face. Um, you, it's an offensive foul. I mean, like, it didn't, it didn't affect the dunk. Like, it wasn't like Doncic was in great guarding position and Wiggins had to move him out of the way. It was like, incidentally, on the way, Wiggins extended his arm and hit he extended his arm into Luca's face, and so you—it's a—you you certainly don't overturn it. That's my—that's my big uh, moment there. But that's what went wrong yeah. for the Mavs in this series, and not having uh, the third, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth best player on the court is bad. So right, that's bad for everybody. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, before we wrap up here. Uh, I hope I'm not breaking this news for you guys, but uh, Ray Liotta passed away. Did you guys see this? What? No! That's a big news. That's a big breaker. Son uh, of a bitch. So quickly, give me, a, give me a favorite thought, memory, movie from uh, Ray Liotta's career. For me, when I think of Ray Liotta, I think of that uh, scene in Goodfellas where the helicopters are hovering over the house and he's like snorting coke and he's like, Karen, Karen. Um, But yeah, just one of my favorite actors Only 67. Mm -hmm. He died in his sleep. Doesn't seem like there was any foul play or anything like that. He just died in his sleep. Was he sick? uh, Does anyone know? I don't know. He was on set in, I think, the Dominican Republic I saw with his fiance. You know what's uh, a weird dichotomy? Is that mm-hmm. when somebody dies, you, I immediately am like, how'd they die? But, it, but it's like not appropriate to ask that, apparently. Oh, I know. is it not? No, mm-hmm. it's, you're supposed to be, you're just supposed to I mean, give people privacy, you, I, I guess. But I'm curious, yeah. I'm like, immediately I'm like, what happened? Oh, I need to know, yeah, of course. That's yeah, like no, the only way to process the news is like, what, ha- what, what actually happened? Immediately I was like, is this related to something? Like, right. is, Could there, this is there to something me? I should have known about? Right, you know? right. Well, what, the biggest example was when David Bowie died. <clears throat> and like, I, st- I don't think there's ever, there's still a clear, like, what happened to him. Mm. Right. 
But Ray Liotta memory, uh, a little film called uh, Killing Them Softly, uh, which I think was maybe the last uh, appearance of James Gandolfini, maybe? Mm. Uh, t- I never saw that. 2012. Very enjoyable watch. Kind of a, is it Brad Pitt one? Yes. Brad Pitt is a kind of a uh, Mr. Wolf character from Pulp Fiction who comes in to clean up a mess. And the mess is sort of blamed on Ray Liotta's character. And he plays a uh, like wonderful, terse, sort of medium-level crime boss whose poker game gets robbed in a very underrated performance. So, And not to be like that guy who picks a movie no one knows and is like, you should see it. But it, it, you no, know. I was going to... Sh- yeah, I was going to shout out something wild. You guys ever see that? <clears throat> no. Well, you beat me. That's very... Um, it's a great movie with... Um, uh, um, shoot, what's his name? Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. I always confuse Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels. Yeah, Jeff Daniels and Mel- Melanie Griffith. And Ray Liotta plays like this incredible... Like it's I don't know, I don't want to recap the entire plot, but uh he's just like this awesome, like kind of like bad boy scumbag type character, but who's like sort of maybe trying to like be your friend a little bit. It's just he's just so good. Um it was uh, you know, before Goodfellows, so he wasn't like a big star yet. Um and it's just like young Ray Liotta just like chewing scenery and just like being a fucking like cracked out weirdo and he's yeah, uh man. He was he was a goddamn Speaking Genius of chewing him. scenery, shout out to the scene where Ray Liotta ate his own brain in Hannibal. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of chewing up the scenery. Yeah. When uh, one uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, feeds him his own brain in Hannibal. What a, what a scene that was, folks. That. That's a... Chewing the scenery. Mm. Did you guys see Copland? You know, Copland. Uh, you know, I haven't. Stallone? I did with Stallone, right? I, I yeah. it's been so long. I don't really remember. Um, but maybe I got to rewatch that as a yeah. I feel like you would as a Leota I think you tribute. Would, yeah, you you should rewatch it, Ben. I feel like that's a movie that you could get into. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. a shame. It's a shame that he's passed. He's passed, and it's a shame that he sort of had to do like two thousand one to. Oh my God. Okay, big change. Favorite Ray Liotta moment, observe and report. Mm. The, oh, yeah. Just a... As, like, the like the actually competent the cop, cop. Versus, like comes yeah. In. Yeah, versus, oh, my God. Uh, He's awesome in that. Yeah, very, very versus good. Seth, versus Seth, Seth Rogen. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's, it's basically a... Uh, it's, like, a movie that should have starred Danny McBride, but he wasn't available, so they put Seth Rogen in the Danny McBride role. Um, but it's, uh, Jonah, Jonah Green. Yeah. Um, it's really fucking, it's like one of the last, like really good American comedy movies ever made. I think it's, um, bananas. It has it's Jody so Hill. Yeah. Um, Ray Liotta, Jody Hill, yeah. not Jonah. Green. It's okay. I call them, I, I call them Gordon Green. So that's not, <laughs> not quite. Gordon Gecko directed the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jody Hill, that guy. Jody Hill. But it's wild, Chris. It's really a wild. I, that's a frequent rewatch for me. I'm not sure. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. It, like that's a, that gets a, a five bagger for me. I'm not sure it passes like the, like you know, current woke test. I'm not sure it could make 
right. be happening today. Well, it's Jody Hill. Of course it doesn't. None, none of his shit passes the current woke test. That's like why it's so funny. But it was, it's, it's almost like, I would say the equivalent of like a humor, humorous taxi driver. Mm, kind of. Yeah. Wow. I could see that. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. lot of there were a lot of humor in Taxi Driver that they didn't explore, and they thought <laughs> it was actually a comedy at first, yeah, and then they realized halfway through shooting, <laughs> wait a minute, let's yeah. change course here a little bit. Yeah, De Niro was very, very, very confused at the reception. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, "Why aren't you guys laughing?" Oh man. Anyway, but I yeah. believe it. Yeah, it was actually Taxi Driver that got him the uh, the part in um, the comedian. In, uh... <laughs> no, and uh, meet God the parents. Damn, why can't I? Yes, meet the parents. Yeah, meet the Fockers. Yeah, meet the Fockers. Yeah, they saw him in Taxi Driver, and, and they were like, "We need to get this guy in, in a scene with Ben Stiller." I think that he was in pl- the place by the place beyond the pines, um, which I love that movie. Yeah, I never saw that one either. What a career! That's, uh, what a career. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, and it's like and... the peak Gosling in his bag, like yeah. two two lines of dialogue in the movie, brooding. Mm toothpick chewing yeah Yeah. just the smolder is just you know ben don't you know you're gonna want to don't wear a sweater while you watch because you're gonna be careful yeah Yeah. i'll I'll be sure to bring my bedpan for that one yeah Yeah. (laughs) you're gonna need an extra pair of jeans because yep that's okay Uh, all right, guys. Let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, this is a good one. Thanks for talking. Uh, stay safe and enjoy the rest of the conference finals. We'll see you guys next week and talk a little uh, NBA finals action. Thank you, Chris. Love you, boys. Always fun to do the pod, and uh, always very necessary to do the pod. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.